I believe that all things eventually come to rest. Even light, though that's not what they tell you in school. How do scientists know? A billion, billion years from now, even general relativity might have been demoted to a mere captain. Photons will sit around in little clusters of massless charge, bumping against one another like boats in the harbor at Kowloon. The universe will be blue then. Everything from one cosmic event horizon to the other, the color of a summer sky. This is what I tell myself as I paint the tiny shards spread before me. Huang's men bring them to me to work with. We are creating value, that gangster and I. I make him even more immensely wealthy. Every morning that I wake up still alive is his gratuity to me in return. It is a fair trade. My life is comfortable in the old house along the alley with its central court crowded with bayberry trees. A narrow gutter trickles down the center of the narrow roadway, slimed a greenish-black with waste slopped out morning and evening from the porch steps alongside. The roofs are traditional, with sloping ridges and ornamented tile caps. I have studied the ones in my own courtyard. They are worn by the years, but I believe I can see a chicken stamped into each one. Cock, my cook says, with his thick Cantonese accent, never seeing the vulgar humor. Even these tired old houses are topped with broadband antennae and tracking dishes, which follow entertainment, intelligence, or high finance, beamed down from orbit and beyond. Sometimes the three are indistinguishable. Private data lines slung on pirated staples and cable ties from the doddering concrete utility poles. The poles themselves are festooned with faded prayer flags, charred firecracker strings, and remnants of at least half a dozen generations of technology dedicated to transmission of something. Tesla was right. Power is nothing more than another form of signal, after all. If the lights come on at a touch of your hand, civilization's carrier wave is intact. Despite the technology dangling overhead in rotting lairs, the pavement itself holds life as old as China. Toddlers wearing only faded shirts toss stones in the shadows. A mangy chow dog lives beneath a vine-grown cart, trapped against someone's garden wall. Amas air their family's bedding over wooden railings worn shiny with generations of elbows. Tiny wrinkled men on bicycles with huge trays balanced behind their seats bring vegetables, newspapers, meat, and memory sticks to the back doors of houses. Everything smells of ginger and night soil and the ubiquitous mold. I wake each day with the dawn. Once I overcome my surprise at remaining alive through another sunrise, I tug on a cheaply printed yukata and go hunting for coffee. My cook, as tiny and wrinkled as the vendors outside, but decorated with tongue tattoos that recall another era long since lost, save for a few choppy sake movies, does not believe in the beverage. Instead, he is unfailing in politely pressing a bitter-smelling black tea on me at every opportunity. I am equally unfailing in politely refusing it. The pot 
is a delicate work of porcelain which owes a great deal to a China before electricity and satellite warfare. It is painted a blue almost a shade of cornflowers, with a design of a round-walled temple rising in a stepped series of roofs over some oriental plaisance. I've seen that building on postage stamps, so it must be real somewhere, or had once been real at least.